720 WGN. I'm John Landecker. Uh, thanks for tuning in. It's nine minutes after eight o'clock. That is a clip from the really fantastic film One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, which was based on the book written by Ken Kesey. And I have in my hand a copy of a book called It's All a Kind of Magic. The young Ken Kesey, uh, written by Rick Dodson, uh, who is with us on the phone. He is, uh, welcome, first of all, Rick, to WGN. Um, and you're not crazy. <laughs> Just, Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you too. Um, you, I wanted to give some of the uh, your background here. Um, associate professor of history at Lakeland College in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Wor- worked as a plumber, heating engineer, yes. soccer referee, yeah. ha- handyman, Mediterranean deckhand, teacher of English uh, on the slopes of Mil- Mount Kilimanjaro. And creator or producer of Mission to the Stars, a space rock opera. That just struck me as being the perfect resume for somebody to write a book about Ken Kesey. It just, it just seems to fit perfectly. Well, thank you, John. You're thank very you. well. Other people think the same. Oh, I'm sure the book. I said the book is called "It's All a Kind of Magic: The Young Ken Kesey." Uh, for those who don't know, can you give us a background as to? who Ken Kesey was and what his importance to history is and what about him attracted you to write a book. Okay. Uh, uh, Kesey is going to be remembered for uh, two things, uh, really. Uh, writing two fabulous books that are going to forever be part of the American canon. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Sometimes a Great Notion. Uh, so he made his mark uh, earlier in his life, in his 20s, really, straight out of graduate school. And the second thing he's going to be remembered for is using his uh, fame and the notoriety to participate and in many ways uh, seed the uh, hippie, psychedelic counterculture of mm-hmm. uh, California, West Coast, uh, as written about most famously by Tom Wolfe in the electric Kool-Aid acid test. Just what also... I'm sorry, go ahead. That's, those are the two things I think that make him uh, historically important. And I I got into it because I was born in 1961 uh, in the UK, uh, in the northwest around Manchester and Liverpool. And so uh, I was a teenager in the 70s. I was kind of in between the... Uh, Remnants of the counterculture and the punk hippies uh, that I followed around in my youth. Uh, so uh, I knew about Kesey because I'd read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and uh, Tom Wolfe's book uh, and was always uh, interested and felt connected to that counterculture and the psychedelic scene that uh, it was part of. So I was lucky enough to be able to pursue my interests as far as getting to um, and meet with Kesey and uh, write about him for part of my studies. And this book uh, is based on that research. I wanted to point out that today is the anniversary of uh, Ken Kesey's death, um, which is part of the reason that we're, but not the main reason, that we're discussing uh, Dr. Dodgson's book and uh, the history of Ken Kesey. Um, in your introduction, you point out that uh, on his um, gravestone it says um, S- 
sparks fly upward. What do you think the meaning behind that was? Oh, boy, that's a quote out of the Bible, isn't it, John? Uh, no, you got me on that. It's out of Job, I think. Uh, I wouldn't claim to be a biblical scholar, but that's uh, that's where it comes from. Uh, what and uh, it what? came from quite a religious background, and I think what it means is... Uh, 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 live an inspirational life. Um, seek to uh, make sparks like a generator mm-hmm. uh, to uh, bring a light into existence. Uh, I think it was enigmatic, the meaning of that phrase, which is typical, I think, of the way Kesey would communicate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that I wrote about it in, in the introduction, John, but uh, uh, I was in, in New York uh, when Kesey died, uh, and uh, it was uh, it was just a month after 9/11, so planes had only just started flying again. And I was giving a paper in a in a university in, in New York or in Long Island, I think somewhere, uh, and I was inter- interviewing someone for my research who knew Kesey, and. Uh, uh, as we were talking, uh, 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 we learned of, of Kesey's death. So my my uh, memories of that are, are very mixed up with my memories of nine eleven because that, mm-hmm. that same day I was standing in front of what was left of the twin towers, uh, and then to learn that uh, Kesey had died. Uh, on top of that, it was a strange old time for me. Well, I apologize for my ignorance of the. Uh, biblical quotations. I'm with Dr. Uh, Rick Dodson, who's an author of a book, It's All Kind of Magic, The Young Kankese, and, uh, you know, reading your book and all the uh, episodes of experimenting with acid and enrolling in government-funded acid uh, research, the idea sparks fly upward. <laughs> Just since, <laughs> since I don't know anything about, obviously don't know much about the Bible, I thought that must have something to do with an acid trip. So I apologize for my my uh, sort of well, obtuse uh, way of thinking about that. But there is. I mean, you can't get away from LSD when you talk about Ken Kesey. No, uh, uh, or, or any other psychedelic. So really, uh, he actually came to LSD after he, he was trying mushrooms and peyote and stuff like that. Uh, LSD... Uh, only came uh, a little bit later into the story, just in time for the acid tests, uh, uh, really. Uh, but no, uh, he's uh, 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 tied to uh, tied to it, and uh, uh, Wolf certainly established his reputation as such. So he was enrolled in a government-funded research program about LSD, was he not? Oh, you know, I could never nail down the source of the funding. Oh, really? I was able to find a few of the articles that were written by the doctors that ran the program, and their names appeared in the uh, writings about the the, the uh, MK Ultra program as doctors who had been funded uh, by the CIA through that uh, uh, surreptitiously through that program. So I never was able, you know, in a court of law, I'm not sure whether right. my proof would right. be enough, but. And there was enough circumstantial evidence for me to, to suggest, you know, most likely because I think uh, most of those studies were funded 
uh, indirectly by MK Ultra. Well, you know, once you mention the CIA, nothing is ever going to be <laughs> abundantly clear through the lens of history. But you did uh, in the book talk about, and you just mentioned, you just referenced there, the acid tests. And I saw that there were a number of instances that were labeled, that were given that label. Is there something, I know it's it sounds like, well, John, they're testing acid. But is there more to it? Than, is there more to it than that? Oh, that, you've touched on a very touchy question, John. Uh, really? Do you, Do you know who Owsley was or Bear was his nickname amongst the Grateful Dead scene? Yes. In the story. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's the guy that made all the LSD and much of it, uh, uh, but supplied the acid tests and much uh. else besides. So he and I had a conversation about this, an email correspondence, because he was living in Australia at the time. And I was trying to establish the chronology of the acid tests, you know, uh, uh, when and where, which is still not very clear because people remember it differently. And they didn't necessarily put the dates on the posters. They just put Saturday night because they only put them up on Friday night uh, because they knew they'd get torn down. Uh, around, you know, off the telegraph poles and stuff. So, um, uh, hold on. Uh, you mean they were advertising these tests? Uh, please come. I'm just reading yeah. into your. They, wow. Well, wow. It, it wasn't technically illegal. No, I understand that. Yeah. At that, At that time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's until October the 6th 1966 mm. that it becomes illegal i think that's right in california at least yeah and so uh, but certainly it uh what they were up to was something they knew would would be well they'd already been uh targeted by the the police in their house and busted for pot so they knew the dangers of the, the risks they were taking putting these events on uh so they that they uh, uh, one of them told me that they would they would tack up the posters on the telegraph poles and around the place mm-hmm. where the event was going to take place, but only right. a day or two beforehand, uh, yeah. because they didn't want to alert the authorities. Sort of the early social media, if you will. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I miss those days. <laughs> I still, I still like a good poster. I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, I was reading your really great book about Ken Kesey. I mean, it's your research is so meticulous and thorough; it's quite outstanding. And I certainly okay. knew I, I certainly knew of him, and you know, mm-hmm. general information about the Merry Pranksters and some of the other individuals that you mentioned, and Tom Wolfe and that whole scene mm-hmm. and and things like that. But I didn't realize. It got me thinking that I believe you say that he initially was athletically inclined and was going to be a football player and a, and a wrestler. And I'm I'm wondering if, and this is just conjecture on my part, if that these substances might have, for lack of a better term, no pun intended, altered his direction. <laughs> uh, he was. He still had an element of a jock around him, even yeah. when I met him later in his life. You know, mm. he was he was he was a farmer, and he looked like a farmer, and came from good good 
Western Frontier Stock, as did his uh, wife. Uh, And for sure, that was his identity at high school and college, was uh, uh, the wrestler. uh, Played on the football team too, but wrestling was his main thing. He actually tried out for the Olympics in for the 1960 Tokyo Mm -hmm. Olympics. Uh, And had he not been injured in his college career, he might have had a shot. Well, one one flew over the cuckoo's nest is an iconic title, not only in the terms of literature, but also in film history. And and that's one of the contributions of Ken Kesey's writing. When did he start, when did he get the the itch to write? When did he suddenly, when did he decide that he wanted to be an author? And where did the idea for that book come from? Do you know? Yeah, uh, he was inspired by one of his teachers at high school, uh, at college, at, at the University of Oregon. I hope I got that right. There's the Oregon University and the University of Oregon. I think it's the U of O, right? Yes, the University of Oregon. Uh, to, to be a writer, mm-hmm. uh, because he was never just a jock. Uh, I sometimes meet students like this, and maybe you've met people like this too, John, who who are not just one thing or another. Oh, that, that, right. that they've got a, a performative side to them, a, a theatrical, artistic side. And uh, Kesey was good at both those things. So, you know, he was a popular uh, a performer in high school. He had his own little magic show that he would do with his little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would perform to, at school and to, to groups of farmers that his dad worked with in a, a dairy co-op. Uh, and at college, he was, uh, there's some nice pictures in, in the book of him uh, in plays, uh, doing theater at, at, while he's at college. And he was earning money playing his way through school by doing a radio show and doing magic shows around mm-hmm. the place and for his fraternity. So well, uh, uh, he was he was a jock, but he, he had this other side, and uh, 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 that's what led him ultimately to uh, to Stanford to follow writing. Although he would have preferred to be an actor, uh, but he never really got his break in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to that. Um, <laughs> when I was reading your book, I, I felt a certain empathy um, for what was going on. Uh, unfortunately, Dr. We're out of time. Maybe we can pick this up again some other time in the future. It's an excellent book. He's an, you're a very fine uh, writer and researcher. And needless to say, Ken Kesey is really one of the great characters in American history. The book again is called It's All a Kind of Magic. Thank you so much for being with us, Doctor, and have a very good evening. Thank you. My pleasure. Same to you. Thanks. That's uh, Dr. Rick Dodson. And the book is, um, came out in 2013. 720 WGN. I'm John Landecker. Uh, thanks for tuning in. It's nine minutes after eight o'clock. That is a clip from the really fantastic film, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, which was based on the book written by Ken Kesey. And I have in my hand a copy of a book called It's All a Kind of Magic, The Young Ken Kesey, uh, written by Rick Dodson. Uh, who is with us on the phone. He is, uh, welcome, first of all, Rick, to WGN. Um, and you're not crazy. <laughs> Just, Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. Um, you, I wanted to give some of the uh, your background here. Um, Associate Professor of History at Lakeland College in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Wor- worked as a plumber, heating engineer. Yes. Soccer referee, yeah. ha- handyman, Mediterranean deckhand, teacher of English uh, on the slopes of Mil- Mount Kilimanjaro, and creator or producer of 
Mission to the Stars, a space rock opera. That just struck me as being the perfect resume for somebody to write a book about Ken Kesey. It just it just seems to fit perfectly. Well, thank you, John. You're thank very you. well. I hope other people think the same. Oh, I'm sure the book. I said the book is called "It's All a Kind of Magic: The Young Ken Kesey." Uh, for those who don't know, can you give us a background as to who Ken Kesey was and what his importance to history is, and what about him attracted you to write a book? Okay, uh, uh, Kesey's going to be remembered for uh, two things, uh, really: uh, writing two fabulous books that are going to forever be part of the American canon, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest and sometimes a great notion. Uh, so he made his mark uh, early in his life, in his 20s, really, straight out of graduate school. And the second thing he's going to be remembered for is using his uh, fame and the notoriety to participate and in many ways uh, seed the uh, hippie psychedelic counterculture of mm-hmm. uh, California West Coast. Uh, as written about most famously by Tom Wolfe in the Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. This one so also. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That those are the two things I think that make him uh, historically important. And I I got into it because I was born in 1961 uh, in the UK uh, in the northwest around Manchester and Liverpool, and so uh, I was a teenager in the 70s. I was kind of in between the uh, remnants of the counterculture and the punk hippies uh, that I followed around in my youth. Uh, so uh, I knew about Kesey because I'd read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and uh, Tom Wolfe's book uh, and was always uh, interested and felt connected to that counterculture and the psychedelic scene that uh, it was part of. So I was lucky enough to be able to pursue my interests as far as getting to um, meet with Kesey and uh, write about him for part of my studies. And this book uh, is based on that research. I wanted to point out that today is the anniversary of uh, Ken Kesey's death, um, which is part of the reason that we're, but not the main reason, that we're discussing uh, Dr. Dodgson's book and uh, the history of Ken Kesey, um, in your introduction, you point out that uh, on his um, gravestone it says, um, "Sparks fly upward." What do you think the meaning behind that was? Oh boy, that's a quote out of the Bible, isn't it, John? Uh, oh, you got me on that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> It's out of Job, I think. Uh, I wouldn't claim to be a biblical scholar, but that's uh, that's where it comes from. Uh, and uh, he came from quite a religious background, and I think what it means is uh, 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 live an inspirational life, um, seek to uh, make sparks like a generator. Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, bring a light into existence. Uh, I think it was enigmatic, the meaning of that phrase, which is typical, I think, of the way Kesey would communicate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that I wrote about it in, in the introduction, John, but uh, uh, I was in, in New York uh, 
when Kesey died, uh, and uh, it was uh, it was just a month after nine eleven. So planes had only just started flying again, and I was giving a paper in a in a university in, in New York or in Long Island, I think somewhere, uh, and I was inter- interviewing someone for my research who knew Kesey, and. Uh, uh, as we were talking, uh, 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 we learned of, of Kesey's death. So my my uh, memories of that are, are very mixed up with my memories of nine eleven because that, mm-hmm. that same day I was standing in front of what was left of the twin towers, uh, and then to learn that uh, Kesey had died uh, on top of that, it was a strange old time for me. Well, I apologize for my ignorance of the. Of biblical quotations. I'm with Dr. Uh, Rick Dodson, who's an author of a book, It's All Kind of Magic, The Young Kankese, and, uh, you know, reading your book and all the uh, episodes of experimenting with acid and enrolling in government-funded acid uh, research, the idea sparks fly upward. <laughs> Just <laughs> since, since I don't know anything about, obviously don't know much about the Bible, I thought that must have something to do with an acid trip. So I apologize for my my uh, sort of well, obtuse uh, way of thinking about that. But there is, I mean, you can't get away from LSD when you talk about Ken Kesey. No, uh, uh, or or any other psychedelic. So really, uh, he actually came to LSD. After he he was trying mushrooms and peyote and stuff like that, uh, LSD uh, only came uh, a little bit later into the story, just in time for the acid tests, uh, uh, really. Uh, but no, uh, he's uh, 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 tied to uh, tied to it, and uh, uh, Wolf certainly established his reputation as such. So he was enrolled in a government-funded research program. About LSD, was he not? Oh, you know, I could never nail down the source of the funding. Oh, really? I was, able to find, I was able to find a few of the articles that were written by the doctors that ran the program, and their names appeared in the uh, writings about the the, the uh, MK Ultra program as doctors who had been funded by the CIA through that, uh, uh, surreptitiously through that program. So I never was able, you know, in a court of law, I'm not sure whether right, my proof would right. be enough, but uh, there was enough circumstantial evidence for me to, to suggest, you know, most likely because I think uh, most of those studies were funded uh, uh, indirectly by MK Ultra. Well, you know, once you mention the CIA, nothing is ever going to be <laughs> abundantly clear through the lens of history. But you did, uh, in the book, talk about, and you just mentioned, you just referenced there, the acid tests. And I saw that there were a number of instances that were labeled, that were given that label. Is there something, I know it's it sounds like, well, John, they're testing acid. But is there more to it? Than, is there more to it than that? Oh, that, you've touched on a very touchy question, John. Uh, really? Do you, do you know who Owsley was, or Bear was his nickname, amongst the Grateful Dead scene? Yes. In the story? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's the guy that made all the LSD and much of it, uh, uh, but supplied the acid tests and much uh-huh. else besides. So he and I had a conversation about this, an email correspondence, because he was living in Australia at the time. 
And I was trying to establish the chronology of the acid tests, you know, uh, uh, when and where, which is still not very clear because people remember it differently and they didn't necessarily put the dates on the posters. They just put Saturday night because they only put them up on Friday night uh, because they knew they'd get torn down uh, around, you know, off the telegraph poles and stuff. So, um, uh, hold on. Uh, you mean they were advertising these tests? Uh, please come. I'm just reading yeah. into your. They, wow. Well, wow. It, it wasn't technically illegal. No, I understand that. Yeah. At that, At that time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's until October the 6th, 1966, mm. that it becomes illegal. I think that's right. In California, at least. Yeah. And so. Uh, but certainly it, uh, what they were up to was something they knew would, would be, well, they'd already been uh, targeted by the, the police in their house and busted for pot. So they knew the dangers of the, the risks they were taking, putting these events on. Uh, so they, they, they uh, uh, one of them told me that they would, they would tack up the posters on the telegraph poles and around the place mm-hmm. where the event was going to take place, but only right. a day or two beforehand. Uh, no. Because they didn't want to alert the authorities. Sort of the early social media, if you will. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I miss those days. <laughs> I, still, I still like a good poster. <laughs> I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, I was reading your really great book about Ken Kesey. I mean, it's your research is so meticulous and thorough. It's quite outstanding. And I certainly Thanks. knew, I, I certainly knew of him and, you know, mm-hmm. general information about the merry pranksters and some of the other individuals that you mentioned and Tom Wolf and that whole scene mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But I didn't realize and it got me thinking that I believe you say that he initially was athletically inclined and, was going to be a football player and a, and a wrestler, and I'm I'm wondering if, and this is just conjecture on my part, if that these substances might have, for lack of a better term, no pun intended, altered his direction. <laughs> uh, he was he still had an element of a jock around him, even yeah. when I met him later in his life. You know, he was he was he was a farmer, and he looked like a farmer, and came from good good Western frontier stock. Yes, as did right. his uh, wife, uh, and for sure that was his identity at high school and college. Was uh, uh, the wrestler uh, played on the football team too? But wrestling yeah. was his main thing. He actually tried out for the Olympics in for the nineteen sixty Tokyo mm-hmm. Olympics. Uh, and had he not been injured in his college career, he w- might have had a shot. Well, one, um, fl- one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is an iconic title, not only in the terms of literature, but also in film history. And, and that's one of the contributions of Ken Kesey's writing. When did he start, when did he get the the itch to write? When did he be- Suddenly, when did he decide that he wanted to be an author, and where did the idea for that book come from? Do you know? Yeah, uh, he was inspired by one of his teachers at high school, uh, at college, at, at the University of Oregon, 
I hope I got that right. There's the Oregon University and the University of Oregon. I think it's the U of O, right? Yes, the University of Oregon. Uh, to, to be a writer, mm-hmm. uh, because he was never just a jock. Uh, I sometimes meet students like this, and maybe you've met people like this too, John, who who are not just one thing or another. Oh, they're, they're, right. they're, they've got a, a performative side to them, a, a theatrical, artistic side. And uh, Kesey was good at both those things. So, you know, he was a popular uh, a performer in high school. He had his own little magic show that he would do with his little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would perform to, at school and to, to groups of farmers that his dad worked with in a, a dairy co-op. Uh, and at college, he was, uh, there's some nice pictures in, in the book of him uh, in plays, uh, doing theater at, at, while he's at college. And he was earning money playing his way through school by doing a radio show and doing magic shows around mm-hmm. the place and for his fraternity. So well, uh, uh, he was he was a jock, but he, he had this other side, and uh, 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 that's what led him ultimately to uh, to Stanford to follow writing. Although he would have preferred to be an actor, uh, but he never really got his break in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to that. Um, <laughs> when I was reading your book, I, I felt a certain empathy um, for what was going on. Uh, unfortunately, Dr. Oh, we're out of time. I, maybe we can pick this up again some other time in the future. It's an excellent book. He's an, you're a very fine uh, writer and researcher. And needless to say, Ken Kesey is really one of the great characters in American history. The book, again, is called It's All a Kind of Magic. Thank you so much for being with us, Doctor, and have a very good evening. Thank you. My pleasure. Same to you. Thanks. That's uh, Dr. Rick Dodson. And the book is um, came out in 2013. I'm with Dr. Uh, Rick Dodson, who's an author of a book. It's all kind of magic. The young Ken Kesey, and uh, you know, reading your book and all the uh, episodes of experimenting with acid and enrolling in government-funded acid uh, research, the idea sparks fly upward. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Since I don't know anything about, obviously don't know much about the Bible, I thought that must have something to do with an acid trip. So I apologize for my my uh, sort of well, obtuse uh, way of thinking about that. But there is, I mean, you can't get away from LSD when you talk about Ken Kesey. No, uh, uh, or or any other psychedelics. So really, uh, he actually came to LSD. After he he was trying mushrooms and peyote and stuff like that, uh, LSD uh, only came uh, a little bit later into the story, just in time for the acid tests, uh, uh, really. Uh, but no, uh, he's a uh, uh, tied to uh, tied to it, and uh, uh, Wolf certainly established his reputation as such. So he was enrolled in a government-funded research program. About LSD, was he not? Oh, you know, I could never nail down the source of the funding. Oh, really? I was able to find find a few of the articles that were written by the doctors that ran the program, and their names appeared in the uh, writings about the the, the, uh, MKUltra program as doctors who had been funded by the CIA through that, uh, uh, surreptitiously through that program. So I never was able, you know, in a court of law, I'm not sure whether right, my proof would right. be enough, but uh, there was enough circumstantial evidence for me to, to suggest, you know, most likely 
because I think uh, most of those studies were funded uh, uh, indirectly by MK Ultra. Well, you know, once you mention the CIA, nothing is ever going to be <laughs> abundantly clear through the lens of history. But you did uh, in the book talk about, and you just mentioned, you just referenced there, the acid tests. And I saw that there were a number of instances that were labeled, that were given that label. Is there something, I know it's it sounds like, well, John, they're testing acid. But is there more to it? Than, is there more to it than that? Oh, that, you've touched on a very touchy question, John. Uh, really? Do you, do you know who Owsley was or Bear was his nickname amongst the Grateful Dead scene? Yes. In the story. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's the guy that made all the LSD and much of it, uh, uh, but supplied the acid tests and much uh. else besides. So he and I had a conversation about this, an email correspondence, because he was living in Australia at the time. And I was trying to establish the chronology of the acid tests, you know, uh, uh, when and where, which is still not very clear because people remember it differently. And they didn't necessarily put the dates on the posters. They just put Saturday night because they only put them up on Friday night uh, because they knew they'd get torn down. Uh, around, you know, off the telegraph poles and stuff. So, um, uh, hold on. Uh, you mean they were advertising these tests? Uh, please come. I'm just reading yeah. into your. They, wow. Well, wow. It, it wasn't technically illegal. No, I understand that. Yeah. At that, At that time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's until October the 6th 1966 mm. that it becomes illegal i think that's right in california at least yeah and so uh, but certainly it uh what they were up to was something they knew would would be well they'd already been uh targeted by the the police in their house and busted for pot so they knew the dangers of the, the risks they were taking putting these events on uh so they that they uh, uh, one of them told me that they would they would tack up the posters on the telegraph poles and around the place mm-hmm. where the event was going to take place, but only right. a day or two beforehand, uh, yeah. because they didn't want to alert the authorities. Sort of the early social media, if you will. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I miss those days. <laughs> I still, I still like a good poster. I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, I was reading your really great book about Ken Kesey. I mean, it's your research is so meticulous and thorough; it's quite outstanding. And I certainly okay. knew I, I certainly knew of him, and you know, mm-hmm. general information about the Merry Pranksters and some of the other individuals that you mentioned, and Tom Wolfe and that whole scene mm-hmm. and and things like that. But I didn't realize. And it got me thinking that I believe you say that he initially was athletically inclined and was going to be a football player and a, and a wrestler. And I'm I'm wondering if, and this is just conjecture on my part, if that these substances might have, for lack of a better term, no pun intended, altered his direction. <laughs> uh, he was. He still had an element of a jock around him, even yeah. when I met him later in his life. You know, mm. he was he was he was a farmer, and he looked like a farmer, and came from 
good a good Western frontier star, yes, as did right. his uh, wife. Uh, and for sure, that was his identity at high school and college, was uh, uh, the wrestler. Uh, played on the football team too, but wrestling yeah. was his main thing. He actually tried out for the Olympics in for the 1960 Tokyo mm-hmm. Olympics. Uh, and had he not been injured in his college career, he w- might have had a shot. Well, one, um, fl- one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is an iconic title, not only in the terms of literature, but also in film history. And, and that's one of the contributions of Ken Kesey's writing. When did he start, when did he get the the itch to write? When did he be, suddenly, when did he decide that he wanted to be an author? And where did the idea for that book come from? Do you know? Yeah, uh, he was inspired by one of his teachers at high school, uh, at college, at, at the University of Oregon. I hope I got that right. There's the Oregon University and the University of Oregon. I think it's the U of O, right? Yes, the University of Oregon. Uh, to, to be a writer, mm-hmm. uh, because he was never just a jock. Uh, I sometimes meet students like this, and maybe you've met people like this too, John, who who are not just one thing or another. Oh, that, that, right. that they've got a, a performative side to them, a, a theatrical, artistic side. And uh, Kesey was good at both those things. So, you know, he was a popular uh, a performer in high school. He had his own little magic show that he would do with his little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would perform to, at school and to, to groups of farmers that his dad worked with in a, a dairy co-op. Uh, and at college, he was uh, there's some nice pictures in, in the book of him uh, in plays, uh, doing theater at, at, while he's at college. And he was earning money playing his way through school by doing a radio show and doing magic shows around mm-hmm. the place and for his fraternity. So well, uh, uh, he was he was a jock, but he, he had this other side, and uh, 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 that's what led him ultimately to, uh, to Stanford to follow writing. Although he would have preferred to be an actor, uh, but he never really got his break in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to that. Um, <laughs> when I was reading your book, I, I felt a certain empathy um, for what was going on. Uh, unfortunately, Dr. We're out of time. Maybe we can pick this up again some other time in the future. It's an excellent book. He's an, you're a very fine uh, writer and researcher. And needless to say, Ken Kesey is really one of the great characters in American history. The book, again, is called It's All a Kind of Magic. Thank you so much for being with us, Doctor, and have a very good evening. Thank you. My pleasure. Same to you. Thanks. That's uh, Dr. Rick Dodson. And the book is, um, came out in 2013.